Hello, thank you so much for choosing this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Just to let you know that there will probably be loads of spoilers in the episode coming up. So if you don't want to get anything ruined before you read it, maybe find an episode of a book that you have read. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lou Reads. I'm just picking up today's book. How are you? I've had <laughs> I've had a day. I um sat on the stairs earlier, which I I do a lot, but it was just a bad one. So I've got an all bruised up arm and the side of my legs a bit painful. But um, apart from that, I'm fine. And I'm very excited to be talking about today's book, which is Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Danler. Um, this book came out in 2016. So it's sort of, um, I think it, this book is all about wine. So I'm going to say this. Um, it pairs quite nicely with um, The Girls, which is by Emma Klein, which sort of came out in the same year. This book is very different, I would say, to the girls, but also it's very similar. So um, by that I mean that the writing styles sort of pair and mesh really nicely together, and the sort of the sense of the characters, um, the way that you can just sort of like go through the girls really quickly. I definitely think that that is true of Sweet Bitter, and I also think that um, it's sort of it's for the same target audience. And the target audience is probably people like me. Um, so it's really good. I really liked it. I didn't know that this was a series when I picked this. Oh, gosh, I dropped it on the mic. <laughs> um, I didn't know this book was um, a TV series when I bought it. And actually, like, nowhere on my book does it even say that. I just found out because when I put it on my Instagram, um, I got a few people saying that they really liked the series. And then they watched read the book afterwards. I haven't watched the series. I don't want to watch the series. I hate watching series of books I've liked or like films of books I like because I think there's one exception and that's when you talk about Kevin. But apart from that, I do not want to watch. I don't want it to leave my mind, you know, like leave the sphere of the way I imagined it and the way that other people imagine it, you know. Um, so I basically found this book because I loved the girls so much if you haven't listened to my episode on the girls I really recommend it I'm not you don't have to listen to it I'm not gonna refer to it too heavily but um if you like books like Sweet Bitter the girls is definitely one of them so you might want to hear about it and you've probably read them both um but it's sort of like it was what I was looking for if you listen to the podcast and you listen to my like I'm back ramble which was just sort of 10 minutes of me just talking um you'll know that I'd been trying to read the version suicides and I'm going to talk about that bit um next episode is going to be sort of like books I put down I'm going to be talking about the version suicides then um because I didn't get through it but I started reading Sweet Bitter on a whim I started it on a Monday and by the next Wednesday I'd finished it and that was considering that I'm not traveling so I'm not reading as much because I'm not having to go to and from places as much and I've also um, gone back to work so my life was sort of readjusting <laughs> and it's really really speedy read um, like I absolutely just gobbled it up and I, it was exactly what I needed it was so refreshing and it was so um I think refreshing is the right word. I don't think I need to add another word there. It was so refreshing. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I definitely recommend it. Don't listen to the podcast from here on if you're going to go and buy it. But um, if you don't care about getting the ending ruined for you, which to be honest, I don't think this book is about the ending. And I'm going to go into that later on. This book is more about the journey of getting there. So this book is about um, 
a protagonist called Tess who is 22 years old and she moves to New York and she becomes a back waiter in this expensive restaurant in Union Square and I have never been to New York so I don't really know where Union Square is but I have been a waitress and I've been a waitress at restaurants well a restaurant where the clientele was quite demanding um so I definitely <laughs> I felt for her and it felt like a very accurate um sort of portrayal of at least my waitressing days which were full of shame and forgetting things and getting things wrong and falling over and there is even a scene in this where she falls down the stairs so maybe as a 22 year old reader who falls down the stairs all the time I really connected to it so the book uses um it sort of employs a lot of tricks so it's split into four main sections they are um the seasons so I believe we start off in summer we do and then we go autumn winter spring um it's around 350 pages 356 to be um exact if you want to include the acknowledgements <laughs> if not it's 352 and um it's about a quarter for each section so it's quite an easy read um it does a very very interesting thing which is it often switches into the second person, so you, when it's sort of introducing a scene. So, for example, the novel itself started with, you will develop a palette. A palette is a spot on your tongue where you remember, where you assign words to the textures of taste. Eating becomes a discipline, language obsessed. You will never simply eat food again. And that then immediately is contrasted by, I didn't know what it is exactly being a server. It's a job certainly, but not exclusively. There's a transparency to it, an occupation stripped of the usual ambitions. So we have this sort of didactic almost voice that comes in to start sections off. Um, that's how the book starts. And then we, you get that again, the first, the second person even. Um, you will do this, it's often like, you'll want to do that, you'll pick up the things, you'll da 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 da. And it's a very good way of passing time that is is used through. Um, but it's also a very good way of sort of getting a sense of the restaurant as a whole. Because this book has characters, has a lot of characters. That's one of the things I actually felt quite overwhelming um, when I started reading it. But do you know what? It narrows down quite nicely with the characters. So you're meeting all these people and it feels very hectic when you start reading it. But then they get whittled down and it's sort of reflective of you start a new job, everything's new, you have so much to remember. But then as you get better, it feels immediately it feels more simple um it's not at all like when I was talking about the lovely bones and I was saying that there were far too many characters it's not at all like that is there are far too many characters but then the novel has a clear focus on who it wants to talk about was it the lovely bones I was saying there's too many characters I'm sure it was the lovely bones I couldn't remember who anyone was when I was reading the lovely bones so it must be that um this book also is written by you get a sense that it's written by someone who has a lot of authority. And by that I mean there is so much talk about wine, about food, about um, the palate, about what it's like being a waitress, what the like guts of a restaurant is like. And it felt very accurate to my waitressing days, um, both in the like exact terminology, but also the things um, that make really affect you, right? Burning your hands on plates, 
dropping things, getting shouted at. People shouted at me so much when I was a waitress. I used to cry all the time. <laughs> and actually, this character cries quite a lot. And then also the really hectic social scene that comes with working in a restaurant, um, which I experienced and also is really nicely done in this book. But this is, book is essentially like a really weird love story um, where the bartender, Jake, and Tess, our main character, have a fling and... Then there's this also this woman called Simone, who's sort of like a head waitress, kind of, who um, is sort of schooling Tessa into wine and how to do things. And but she has a very complicated relationship with Jake. Um, for those of you who haven't read it or who don't not remember. Um, so, yeah, the devices. We have the first person sorry second person devices that we get but we also get these very long strings of broken up conversations so it's just like about a page and a half of just sentences right fragments of sentences and I think I wasn't quite too sure of the purpose of this when I first started reading it um but I think it's a very good representation now that I've had some time to think about it and that I also finished the book of how people gossip, how people talk in the workplace and how that affects information and also how people judge and sort of like the banality of things. So we have all these sort of exciting um, conversations where things are happening. There is so much dialogue in this book. If you really want to learn to write dialogue, um, this and the girls, I will definitely recommend go for it with dialogue um, because it zooms you through the dialogue you get a really good sense of who's speaking you get a sense of like how the action plays into it and um it's just very um if you keep getting stuck saying said like I do or he yelled he cried he asked then definitely read this book because it gives you lots and lots and lots of detail um and very interesting dialogues yes <laughs> um but again, you have these long sentences, long sequences even, that are fragments of dialogue. And what they do is they break up the book. This book is, feels um, very piecemeal, I'll talk about that in a moment. But it also um, gives you a sense of the banality of the restaurant and of time passing. So once again, time passing, um, just as the second person does. But at the same time, it shows you like the things you talk about at work really like zips you through relationships almost improving gives you a sense of it so this book I would say I would find it really hard to tell you what happens in this book if I stripped it down I'd say that she begins a relationship then she finds out that he sort of like has a really weird dynamic with this girl Simone and then she sort of gets massively wasted on loads of coke and I can't even remember and um just sort of has a breakdown and then she quits the restaurant oh she sleeps with the manager as well I don't get why she did that I don't get why she slept with the manager it doesn't make sense to me it upset me so much but I'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> sorry I always get ahead of myself don't I on these um episodes so the book is made up of lots and lots of really short encounters I think look well it is um lots of punctuated scenes lots of interactions very short splicing together of things you get 
half a scene earlier so for example you start um the scene about like the flies and the pests you get half a scene about that and then you read it ends and then you read on for another bit and something else happens and then it goes back to the flies so it's sort of almost it's almost episodic like day to day I can see exactly why it was a series and it wasn't a film there's too much in it to be a film um and it's like lots of little problems being stitched together to make the book but I think that works really well at the beginning, but I don't think that it goes on and sort of works at the end because it, there's no sort of satisfying ending. When you write a book and when you look at plot, you often think about the like, um, so-and-so wants this, but this, right? Or this is the character, this happens to them, which means that they need to do this. I can't think of what she wants apart from, okay, the Jake love story feels like a subplot at times. Um, Tessa wants to go out with Jake, but he's a spoon. Okay, fine. She moves to New York and meets Jake. And now she has to pursue him. Fine. But there's... Um, it's like caught up in the experience of the place. And so you have the restaurant as a character. and But that means that then when you get to the ending and they sort of just like fall apart, there isn't like a breakup. Um, there isn't anything like that. It does mean that the ending just feels kind of rushed because there's no satisfying ending and there's no coming to terms with things. And she just moves on, which I suppose is sort of reflective of the restaurant as a whole and sort of the like the way things move quickly and we end with one of those sort of long sequences of short sentences that like other conversation broken up and I think that that probably is a very good marker of you know people move on time moves on conversation happens gossip happens it sort of all merges into one but at the same time it is a little bit like when you eat a whole packet of chocolate by yourself and then you sort of just feel a bit sick at the end and unsatisfied whereas I sort of wanted I wanted a meal and this is chocolate sometimes that being said chocolate you can gobble up what did I also gobble up this book I read it so quickly and I read it so hungrily it was like um when I read my year of rest and relaxation it was like when I read the girls again the girls um I'm never gonna stop talking about the girls um but it was a really um quick read I fell through it in the way I fell through conversations with friends, um, which was very, very nice. But the ending, I don't get why she sleeps with Howard. And I don't, it didn't feel f foreshadowed enough. There were like allusions to the fact that he sleeps with people, but it didn't feel like she knew it would get her anywhere. And it didn't feel like, like the scene felt very flat. I suppose you could argue like that's her detachment. She's sleeping with someone, she doesn't believe it. Um, will not believe it, she doesn't believe in it um, when she's had this sort of relationship with someone else and it feels very different but I think at the same time like I, want, I wanted some more nerves going in or some more like dread, I don't know um, yeah, you do get it um, foreshadowed quite a lot because she's so referred to as a sexual object I wanted to know more about her mum and her mum and dad um but I suppose you can't fit everything in the book and what we do have does sort of fit well. I do think though, so in the first few pages, it goes through all the senses. So it starts about your developer palette and then all the senses, all the sort of like flavoured spots, I would say. So we've got sour and then you've got salt 
and then you've got sweet and then you've got bitter <laughs> and um you sort of get them listed to you but I felt that the ways they were listed to us were so overwritten so for example um let's read the sour one sorry I was trying to find it so it goes sour all the puckering citrus juices, the thin-skinned maya lemons, knob kefirs, astringent yogurts and vinegars, lemons resting in pint containers at all the cooked sides. Chef yelled, this needs acid, and they eviscerated lemons, leaving the caressing sting of food that's alive. So I have two issues with that. One, it feels very overwritten, right? The caressing sting of food that's alive. Like, sort of, like, I can imagine her being like, mm, great, this is so good. I mean, to be honest, if I wrote that, I would probably say that. But it feels very out of place with the rest of the things. So we have, like, um, a paragraph later, um, we have, I pulled off into a maze of industrial streets, each one more mis misleading than the next. It was irrational, but I was terrified of not being able to find an ATM and having to go all the way back. I pulled into a Dunkin' Donuts, I took out $20 and looked at my remaining balance. Like, that's a very different feeling to the leaving the caressing sting of food that's alive, you know. We have Tess, she's an English student, um, and as the book goes on, I would say she does become more sort of philosophical, which is a good sort of rendering of the influence of all these other people on her like Simone is very much like here's all your um here's all your like poetry to read here's this wine wine dictionary or something and she sort of gets a little bit more vocabulary certified <laughs> she gets a little bit more like into her vocabulary but um what also upsets me is this comes right at the beginning she's not even got a job at the restaurant and we have she's just got to New York and we have all of these within this space of where do we get bitter page nine and I think it's a, a missed opportunity because I think those would work really well to get sort of paced out throughout the book right you've got four seasons that you're splitting it up into right you've got salt you've got sweet you've got bitter and you've got sour that's four flavors why don't you choose one for each of the seasons or for each big experience that happens to her in each um section of the novel i think that would be a really more interesting way of talking about um introducing those ideas of palette and as also her palette develops then maybe we could have the the ones that she uses at the start being more simple and then at the end being more complicated that is just an idea it's just something that I thought about and it's something that caught my eye immediately because within four pages um, from the opening you have quite a big overwritten um, chunk of writing that you sort of have to get through and those opening pages really do set the tone for the whole book. But I, I did really like it. Um, I know I say this all the time but I did really like it. It was um, very easy to read. I definitely recommend it for like if you're on holiday and you want something to read, I'm going to give it four stars. Um, and I think it's very interesting to look at in terms of technique. I, it definitely shaped um, the way I write. It made me think about how I portray certain things and why. But it also, um, the dialogue is really good. So um, I know a lot of people struggle with dialogue. So if you want some help with that, definitely Sweet Bitter. Definitely The Girls. Definitely um, Conversations with Friends. It's um, in that ilk. 
and I definitely recommend it and I'm probably gonna now that I've recorded this episode gonna give my copy to one of my friends um and bully her into reading it to be honest I also have her copy of normal people that I keep saying I'm gonna read and I keep telling you I'm gonna read normal people um but yeah that's all for today let me know if you completely disagree or you loved the series or you hated the series or if I should watch the series um I really don't like watching series because as I said I don't like things going from my brain into the real world it makes me feel a bit sick um but there you go I suppose we all have little issues like that to deal with anyway um but yeah definitely Someone on the cover says it's Girls Meets Kitchen Confidential. I've never seen either of those. Is Conf- Kitchen Confidential a book? I hope so. Um, maybe I'll read it. Maybe I'll read it. So, if you want to argue with me about anything I've said today, find me on Twitter. My at is at Lou Wilmot. Wilmot is spelt with two L's and two T's. W-I-L-L-M-O-T-T. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, where I do lots of polls of, like, what should I read next? And all that sort of stuff. Um, it is in my pinned tweet so you can just click on the lovely link and then it'll take you to my instagram and my instagram is where it all happens where all the fun happens come meet me on instagram and react to my stories and actually see my face you'll probably be a bit disappointed with the quality of my instagram content hey we're all disappointed sometimes i thank you so much for spending the last sort of 20 minutes with me Next week we are going to, as I said, do a sort of what I could and couldn't read this month. And I am very much looking forward to spending some time with you. Bye!